0: Hey, everyone. Uh, What a night. Welcome to Episode 60, Fallout. Um, So that went well. If you haven't had a chance to listen to my podcast today, I'm going to have basic one kind of simple question for everyone. This doesn't need much setup, uh, so we're going to kind of jump right in and probably just go for an hour. Uh, If I don't get to you, um, there's already a ton of people back there. Um, I'm going to be doing this um, tomorrow night and probably Friday. So if I, if I don't get you, just make sure you jump back in the queue, and uh, I'll make sure uh, with my quasi-semi-sober photographic memory, uh, I will make sure you do get your chance to weigh in. Um, my question is, are we done with this? Uh, I had a piece of spectator today, and uh, it's basically, are we done with Political Apprentice? Um Uh, If you check most of the punditry, there is an outrage or at least an anger at Donald Trump that I've never seen. And I'm not really positive on it. I don't, you know, I'm not sitting here, I told you so or anything like that. Um, This was always kind of one of my biggest fears with him is despite the the good stuff that he might have done policy-wise that people agreed with, um, ultimately, my thing is, is he's never going to go away. And... He's going to make life as human, as painful as humanly possible uh, as he does get kind of shown the door, if that's the case. So I don't have a lot of, much of anything else. I just kind of want to know uh, your view on things. As I said, if you look at punditry, which we've gotten things wrong before, I have as well. Um, and one of the mistakes that a lot of, People that do what I do is we don't talk to enough people. We talk to each other. We talk to ourselves. We tweet out. We chin stroke. Um, we write our think pieces, and we think that everyone falls in line. And one of the great things about an app like this is I get to talk to voters. I get to talk to you guys. I get to uh, get your things. It's not like a you know a push poll or anything like that. But I get the general sense of things uh, based on who I'm talking to. So uh, one of the other things is, obviously, I, I kind of always carry this attitude of enjoying the warmth of the flames. And I had said last night uh, the Fetterman race in particular was one that I thought could not be allowed to lose. Uh, and I don't mean that shenanigans. I don't mean, you know, voter fraud or anything like that. It's just the one the voters had to send the message, and it had nothing to do with politics It had to do with the circumstances surrounding the race and to send a message that this is not okay, that the end game of progressivism is we have to just do what anybody feels like. And if uh, someone with cognitive brain damage who can't hear or understand words without monitors in front of him cannot be a United States Senator, well, we're about to find out. Um, I still, I still believe that he will serve a shorter term and then be replaced sometime probably next year. And who that is, well, we have our ideas. Um, I, I don't know, again, Fetterman's one and not enough journalists asked, now what? And I do think the Fetterman campaign was a masterclass in media manipulation. Uh, they basically hid this guy away. Journalists were complicit in not showing video of him at his rallies to show the condition he's in and the state he's in, whether that was a demand of the campaign or if that was voluntary, I don't think particularly matters anymore. Um, But by the time they kind of wheeled him out onto the stage, uh, early voting had commenced and it looks to be the difference. And so lesson learned there. So um, I I already know where several of you are in the country. And so I know you're going to have thoughts on this. Uh, We're going to go about an hour. We're going to jump right into this, obviously. Obviously. My main question is, are you done with Trump? And I don't want to say Trumpism in general, because it doesn't look like Trumpism sticks to anyone. Uh, Lauren Baber has pulled pretty close in Colorado. Blake Masters is still about 90,000 votes down in Arizona with 75% reporting. Carrie Lake looks like she's catching up. So those are races that are all up in the air. Obviously, Lexaltad and Nevada is one to watch. And the all-important one, obviously, is Georgia and the the circumstances around Georgia are if Trump announces he's running for president next week, obviously the Georgia runoff is two and a half weeks later and all sorts of madness is going to happen. So I I know some of you are probably happy with the outcome. Some of you aren't. Uh, For those of you who aren't, uh, as I always say, don't let them see you sweat and just try to enjoy the warmth from the flames. Uh, Senator shotgun Frankenstein to me is going to be objectively entertaining. And as long as, they're willing to forgo his health to put him out there and try this Frankenstein-style experiment. Uh, in my opinion, he's fair game. So, again, um, <laughs> <someone's street. laughs> I had someone asked Vetterman 2024, and I was like, which one? Um, so, again, uh, I'm here to just listen to your thoughts. You guys can vent. You can throw shit pies in my face, whatever. Uh, we'll go about an hour because you're going to have another chance to do it tomorrow. Uh, as well as Friday. Uh, I may skip some of you for anyone that I don't see back there. I see some of you from last night as well. Um, so if you, if you were on last night, we had ourselves quite the marathon, and that was interesting in the sense of I, I had the iPad in front of me. I had Twitter in front of me. I was on call in, and I'm kind of doing things live, and I didn't really get, based on what I was watching or talking to people, I didn't really get the full scope of what was happening and how this seemed to be slipping away Uh, As a wave election, what I think is interesting is Biden came out kind of today and spiked the football a bit. And I'm sitting here going, there's still a real possibility he loses both houses of Congress. Um, I think based on the slim majorities, uh, you guys can count out any impeachment hearings. You can count out Hunter Biden investigations. You can probably count out hearing about Fauci. We're uh, probably going to count out COVID origin hearings because there's just, they don't have the majority to do it. They pretty much have a majority to just stop legislation, which I'm fine with for the next year or two. Um, but we're pretty much now springboarding right into 2024. And obviously, if President Boomer Dad announces next week, um, hold on to your butts because it's a roller coaster into our graves. So if, uh, if I see you back there, and if you spoke last night, um, I may not get you up because I want to get people up uh, prior. So we're gonna just jump right into this. Like I said, we'll probably later and we're all probably either up and awake. Oh. Somewhat hungover. Go ahead, Brandon.
1: Oh, sorry. I, it, I I just I just had dead
0: silence. No, really I know. There's a, there's a little bit of a delay, but it comes through on the pub on the published yeah. recordings.
1: Uh, okay. Yeah, I, I heard something about a hangover there and yeah, I was uh, that, that's probably that was probably my worst experience from last night or the last night. I, I just you know, I, I'm okay with gridlock. I mean, there's a lot of lost opportunities and that's disappointing. But um, I I think it's instructive and I think that Republicans, uh, the the RNC and Republican candidates can, can can learn some things from last night and move forward in a better direction. Um, to answer your question about Trump, um, I was done with Trump in 2015. Um. I don't want anything to do with him, and uh, I, I posed the question on uh, on Patreon earlier this year: Is it time just to kick him the fuck out of the party? And uh, I don't. If I'm Ronan McDaniel and uh, Trump announces, I think you know when his people get his, uh, his his paperwork to the RNC. I think I just let that paperwork sit on my desk until after the uh, Georgia runoff, and then I take out my rubber stamp and I say denied. Like, we're done with you, we're, you're not running on our ticket. Um, we're we're gonna. Re- you're what? Not, you're not what gonna do you get think he funny. does then? Oh, he goes third party, but he's gonna do it anyway. He's gonna create a disruption. I think that you just have to, you know, it, whether he does it now or whether he does it when he he loses the uh, the primary to DeSantis, he, he's gonna try to get on ballots in certain states. He'll have a a a, a write-in campaign. Um, he's gonna be disruptive anyway. I think if you do it now. And you let all the bubbas vet for two years, just let it get out of their system, and then they can decide whether or not they want to not vote or vote for DeSantis or whoever ends up being the nominee. I, I I think you just have to cut ties with them now.
0: If he announces a run on Monday, so your edge is you want Rhona McDaniel to basically come out and give a press conference and say we're we will not allow. Donald Trump to appear on any ticket. The problem with that, in my opinion is he hasn't done anything in a sense to get kicked out of a party. You're essentially kicking a guy out of a party because he, his endorsed candidates lost. And I get the sentiment, trust me, I've been there. <laughs> I was there when, you know, I was there in 2015 when he was getting ready to, when Ted Cruz won Iowa and he was getting ready to torpedo, um, you know, those by saying everything's rigged. And, and then they were like, you know, Ryan's previous is like, you need to sign a pledge. And he's like, I'm not signing a pledge. All of that is already out there. So I, I guess I look at it and I say, I understand the sentiment, but I don't understand a pretense that you can kick him out of the GOP that is going to bring you enough people to say, it just looks like they're rigging the system against him. And he's, that's something he can use. I I wrote back in July at Examiner, Uh, that basically it's not going to be the Democrats or the media or professional never Trump or Liz Cheney or January 6th. None of that is what's going to keep him out of the office. He has to lose his power base, which means you have to present another acceptable option. And that is the only way. Uh, And I, you know, I said the GOP voters, GOP primary voters in particular are the only ones that can send him packing. And I still believe that I 100% stand firm on that. And for whatever reason, and I know the name is floated out there, but last night was a pretty hard indicator that there is another option out there. And if you look at even some of the pro Trump uh, commentary that uh, people that I follow, they're, they're over it. They're saying you attacked Ron DeSantis before the election. He, he, he is the guy who unquestionably came out of the midterms on the GOP side Um, The strongest, the most resonant messaging with Florida and the vote totals and the people that he moved and the counties that he moved. He's showing that he can bring in demographics that Trump just simply, in my opinion, cannot. And so I've always just said, you know, if you do any shenanigans, if you go and do anything that he can use that undermines, you're only undermining yourself. If you present a different option where people just say. We're not going through with this shit again. I mean, yeah, the tweets are funny, but I don't want four more years of them. And I can't do, you know, four more years. I can't do another time of him just going through the midterms and or I'm sorry, the primaries and giving dumb nicknames to everyone. I think people are kind of over a lot of that stuff. And that was the message last night, in my opinion. We're over the kind of apprentice politics here where. You know, we're going to pick candidates based on their celebrity. And, you know, to, and I said this in my piece today, Dr. Oz and Herschel Walker and Walker, even if he wins, these are not people who really belong anywhere near the United States Senate. They belong on Celebrity Apprentice. They're just like plucked out and made for that, you know. And so I get your sentiment. I'm there with you. But I don't under. I don't think you can do that because. uh anything that you try to use underhanded on him there, him and his, he still has a very favorable base and a very strong media base. They're just going to use it on him. I think he just has to be.
1: Well, yeah, I, I understand what you're saying at the same time though, Trump doesn't have any sort of legal right to run on the Republican ticket. And um, you know, it, he, he's, he's going to call shenanigans if he doesn't get what he wants anyway. And um, I, I think that you just have to ignore you know his base, his hardcore base, who 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 get upset when they say, "Oh, the, the, the system's rigged against me." Well, you know, too bad. You were uh, you you've lost us several senate seats. You were impeached twice, and you left the uh, presidency uh, in a very disgraceful manner. And uh, I don't know. I think if you do it now, you're, you're if if you cut them off now, you're going to really mitigate a lot of the uh, anger and uh, ill sentiment from a the, the system being rigged against Trump, and ultimately, as if if you're if you're looking forward as the Republican Party, I think you really have to be um, you have to be cognizant of the fact that Trump won't win anything, or he, he's extremely unlikely to win a general election, and you're just shooting yourself in the foot if you let him, um, if 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 you let him continue like this, and you have to. I mean, he's also completely radioactive towards the. Uh, in, for the um, uh, the persuadable voter I mean that that was pretty obvious last night and uh, I don't know I mean I guess we'll just have to agree to disagree about that the only, the only thing you can do is you can do what the Democrats did to Bernie. you can bring in super delegates to to, to, to rig the primaries that's probably the only other way to do that but um I don't know um, I, I, I I did have one other thing um, so we're, we've been hearing from the media about how um, the Dobbs decision backfired on Republicans in, these, in this election, and uh, that's probably true in some cases, but um, especially in deeper blue districts. But I think it's really interesting that Mike DeWine signed a basically a fetal heartbeat bill in Ohio, which basically makes the statute of limitations for illegal abortion like five or six weeks after conception, and he won by 23 percentage points. That, that's, that's really amazing, and that really makes me wonder how much, uh, how much the average moderate voter really cares about the Dobbs' decision.
0: They're trying to go after that and saying Dobbs swung it, but when you, you brought up a point that, you know, the governors who signed these bans, they were all kind of reelected. And so you have this kind of, I think it's just a disconnect it's, and that's how average voters are. They see a candidate they like, Oh, we like him. And then they see abortion ban, go, Oh, we don't like that. And I, I don't know. You have to see polling on that, but there is kind of a huge disconnect between the Dobbs decision and how they're pushing it. And I also think the media is invested in saying, see, you overturned abortion and this is what happened. Um, Overall, it was like independent women went 54 to 52 and they're spiking the football on that one. And I'm kind of like this issue in the next two years is is, it's just going to be, you know, like I think Michigan, California and Vermont all codified abortion rights, which morally I get people on the right are against. Um, but those are also policies you can change. Eventually you can pass laws to overturn that. Um, but I think, you know, when it comes to government, I think most conservatives, there are people on the right will accept federalism when it comes to these states. If California wants to abort their entire population, have fun, go do that. I mean, we have to deal with the moral clause of that, but I think for the most part, it's like, yes, okay. California, you're a fucking barren wasteland of, you know, happy abortion clinics and fun lands and whatever. Have fun with that. And I think most people are okay with that, which is why when Lindsey Graham came out and said, you know, Leroy Jenkins on the abortion ban, um, people flipped out and were like, what are you doing? They're like three weeks from an election or whatever. So there is an interesting disconnect there that, you know, governors who all signed bans or signed limitations, at least the very least limitations, they were they were all like reelected. I think it was DeSantis, Kemp. DeWine, Wine were the top three. I'm missing one, I think, um, and they're fine. And so that, to me, is just a media thing you need to just write off completely, like just be like, OK, it, that is what it is. And again, if you take the House and the Senate, which is like I said, I didn't understand Biden coming. He hit all day yesterday and then came out and was like Aah! today. And I'm like, dude, you're the House and Senate still up for grabs here. OK, you might keep one of them. But you're probably going to lose one. And if you do that, you're not getting anything passed for the next two years. And today he's out talking about passing an assault weapons ban. I have fun with that. Um, So, yeah, no, I I get everything that you're saying. I look at it and say this is probably just a written off media narrative, if I'm being honest. Not to be cliche about it, but that's what I would say.
1: Yeah, it's a. Ohio's, uh, I guess, technically a red state, but it wasn't six or seven years ago, and it's 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 nowhere near West Virginia or Wyoming. So, okay, well, I'll, I'll let some other people jump in now. Thanks for talking
0: Thanks, to me. Thanks, Brandon. See you later. Thanks.
1: Cheers. Yeah, I
0: might just I might just end up going in order. Let me see who's back there. Hold on, just I know I always skip just saying, but i I'm, I'm kind of making it a thing now. Uh, guess what? Just saying you're going to have to wait because I'm bringing up Samuel. Samuel's gonna, we're gonna have a little struggle session with Samuel, who assured us for weeks and weeks and months. Samuel, get up on the box. And yep.
2: we're, we're going to shame you now. So give me your thoughts. Um, so, yeah, I wasn't on last night because I was too busy dooming. Um, but honestly, and maybe this is just the copium, I'm cautiously optimistic because if this is what it takes to get rid of Trump and Trumpism, I think I'm willing to make that trade. Like I, I think I'm willing to. I think they're going to have a slight house majority, maybe ten seats. Maybe the Senate. I, you know, we'll see. I'm not. I'm not going to bet on a uh, runoff win in Georgia if that's what it comes down to. I would not. I would but, not bet on that either.
0: I think Georgia. I think Georgia's gone. Again, unless, I'm unless not, Kemp just like. Like handcuffs himself to Herschel Walker and has the Georgia, you know, National Guard, you know, anytime Trump tries to get near Herschel Walker, just, you know, tase him or something and just take <laughs> – handcuff yourself to Herschel Walker and just drag him around Close the state. Close the going, border. I like this guy. Um, Close I, the border. I, th- I, think to Georgia. Georgia, I think Georgia is a perfect storm of shit headed the way.
2: Which, I mean, theoretically, it sounds like they could still win Arizona and Nevada and then not need it. But after last night, thinking that's going to happen, I will wait till 100% of the results are in before I believe any of that bullshit at this point. But, again, I totally think it's worth it if this is what it takes. Because again, it's anecdotal, but I'm seeing tons of people just saying, you know, I'm done with this bullshit. Because into uh, the last caller's point, I don't think this was Dobbs. Maybe in very marginal cases, there Abbott passed a ban. Abbott killed Beto. You know, maybe it hurt them down ballot a little bit. I don't know, but to me, this this reeks of Trump. And again, when you like look at these exit polls, which they're exit polls, but it's it was independence. Republicans showed up. Democrats showed up. Independents were split right down the middle. Like this is, and I think this is my takeaway after like quit, after I quit dooming so much, really weird election. I mean, Lee Zeldin may have saved the House majority in New York. Like Republicans outperforming in New York is insane. And then losing a Senate seat in Pennsylvania. Like who, who would have bet on outperforming in New York, but underperforming in Pennsylvania
0: yeah. And then, New York, New York looks like a purple state right now. <laughs> I mean, not to get people's hopes up, because I think part of this is undue expectations. I think when you saw Dixon closing and Zeldin closing, every, you know, everyone in the GOP just started throwing confetti in the air. And you still had to remind her that you're in Michigan and you're in New York. Um, <clears throat> but yeah, Zeldin, he, he really did pull five or six races across the line. And I thought it was funny, and I still think this is funny, that, you know, Congresswoman Ocasio-Cortez is still sitting here bitching about the new Twitter format. And I'm like, she, there were five races she could have gone out and campaigned for. And she was on fucking Instagram during this stuff. And if I'm in New York, I'm sitting here going, what the hell happened? You just lost the chair to the DCCC here. Okay. I mean, yeah, you, you, you knocked a couple senators off. Those are your knights and your rook, but we just took a bishop. So, okay. Um, And so, yeah, I I looked and I said they better find they better either listen or find a place for Zeldin um, immediately. And that might be the the chair.
2: Yeah. And that's that's my like second point is like, again, if this is the price that we have to pay, I'm for it. I you got a clean house. I mean, the RNC, you got a clean house with McDaniel. Um, You got a Tom Emmer is more establishment. He's the one who ran it for the house. He needs to be gone. Rick Scott, Rick Scott's not getting enough blame right now. He was the NRSC chairman in the Senate, which means he was in charge of fundraising and picking Senate candidates and doing all that. He deserves to be fucking fired from that job. Todd Young, the one who just got reelected in Indiana, who's my senator, he ran it before in, I think, 16 and definitely 18 and 20. And guess what? The Republicans held the Senate until Trump torpedoed them in 2020, but he was able to do the job. Rick Scott just let Dr. Oz blow the Senate seat in fucking Pennsylvania. So he needs to be fucking fired too. So if this is what it takes to get people off their fucking asses and fire people, I I still think that's one of the funniest parts about the Trump presidency is that he was the, you're fired guy and he refused to fucking fire people like within the establishment, within the bureaucracy. Um, so if that's what it takes, I'm all for it. And I, you know, I'm, I'm a DeSantis guy. I like him. I liked him for a while. Um, I, I just think that this is like the perfect platter to put in front of him to run against Trump in a primary. Saying, you know, I took a state where I won by less than a percentage point in 2018. And four years later, I'm winning it by 20. And three is the best that you could do in Florida. And just say, so you know, I was able to turn a purple swing state bright red. What the hell were you able to do? You cost us an election after an election after an election. And he's got all the COVID stuff to hit him on, the bureaucracy stuff. So I And I the disagreement I have with the previous caller is just that you can't throw him out because it's not him that's the problem. I mean, he is the problem. But you have his voters have to vote for the Republican in 2024. And if you kick him out, they, they'll just stay home. They won't vote for Biden. Maybe they'll show up for independent Trump. I don't know. But you have to have at least the majority of his voters still within your block. And the only way you're going to be able to do that is if you beat him in a primary by like telling him to his face, you know, what he's cost Republicans and, you know, citizens in terms of inflation, economy, all that shit. So I I don't think he can't not, I don't think he, I think he has to run at this point. And again, if if the price is losing in 2024 to Kamala Harris, because Trump siphons off 15% of the vote in an independent race, you know, that's going to suck ass. But that will make him toxic, like more toxic than he is. And that will, you know, I think that would prevent him from doing any more damage, really, because I think even this 15% would say, dude, you just cost us another four years. You've cost us like 20 Senate seats at this point. You know, like, I I don't know. I, I feel like this is the only way forward. So I almost think, you know. Maybe this is a good thing, and again, maybe that's just the copium. um, But I, I, I'm cautiously optimistic at this point.
0: I think a lot of people are also underestimating the role the media plays in this, and that's what I'm here for. Is they're they're going to they're going to pump him up again, hundred percent. They're gonna they're gonna make if you have DeSantis and Trump or any other candidates, they're gonna make twenty twenty four all about January sixth and. They're going to do it because if Trump does what, you know, the shenanigans that we talk about, he can run again in 2028. He'll be, what, 85? He He's going to live forever, by the way, just so we all get this clear. He's not, like, going anywhere for the next 10 years. The McDonald's and Diet Coke, man, it, it, it's apparently good for your health. But he doesn't drink. I mean, and, and, he's, and he's just a soulless asshole. Those people live forever. Look at Pelosi. She's, like, 300 years old. Um, so I look at it and I'm just like, I think people are really underestimating the role here that you think that the media is just going to allow the Republicans to choose the candidate that they want all of a sudden. They still might. And that's how I kind of look at this. Are, are GOP voters willing to see that game and go 100% against it? Or are they going to fall right back into, holy shit, look at Trump beating the shit out of the New York Times and DeSantis, cuck, and that's what it all relies on, in my opinion. I don't. I don't really. I'm kind of with you. I don't know. I I, I don't know any of Desantis's plans. Even I, I I talk to his people once in a while, but I don't know if he plans on right I don't know anything like of that nature. But I'm kind of with you in the sense of I don't know how he doesn't at this point, just based on what happened last night. Forget, forget what conservatives want. Forget what the right wants. Forget it. it's like oh we want a more polished you know orange Hitler or whatever. I, I don't know how you look at what happened last night and go, this isn't this isn't the moment for him. And so regardless of how you electorally feel about him, whatever, I, you have to look at that and just go, yeah, this is right here. This is this could be your off ramp, except I personally believe Trump doesn't offer you an off ramp. Um but thats I, I don't know how you don't look at that. And you, you do see some Trump people clinging to him. and But the majority of pundits who are Trump friendly that I see are just like, they're over this. They're like, you attacked him the night before. You just, Your candidates just got their heads handed to them. You're not accepting responsibility. You're blaming your wife for Oz. <laughs> and the very next day, you're out here attacking the guy that's just in your way. And I think Rich Laurie of National Review made a really interesting point, which is, Trump has always just been a counterpuncher, you know, he's always just generally been, you know, I'll, I'll live and let live to a certain extent. Um, DeSantis hasn't said anything about Trump ever, like unless there's like some inner, inner floridian gossip happening, which is, you know, wouldn't surprise me, but he's never said anything. He's just kind of stayed out of the way and he's just gone about doing his job. And now he has another hurricane to deal with, um, And so it's interesting that Trump preemptively went after him and he's never done that. And I think that that's really telling and it's really interesting um, in the sense that he used that stupid nickname once and then has never used it again. And I joked last night, I said, you know, I think DeSantis is smart to just stay out of the way until he he announces and then says, okay, let's go. Um, But I I said, I joked last night that DeSantis should have thanked Trump for his vote in his speech and just said, you know, thanks to voters of Florida, da da da, And uh, former president Trump, thank you for your vote and confidence in me. Just, just as, just like a, just a little, just as a little, you know, like that. And I mean, w- we'll see. Um, Sammy, would you like
2: to apologize for Pennsylvania real fast? Uh, yeah, my deepest sympathies to everyone, <laughs> especially the people in Pennsylvania, um, again, I don't know, I don't think anybody saw what happened last night coming, like, even I think that's, like, the underreported thing that and this is the last thing I'll say is nobody expected what happened last night. Like, if you judge what the Dems were doing Biden, you know, gave his generic oh, I think we'll hang on and Pelosi did the, I think you'll be surprised but that's, they have to say shit like that you can't not say stuff like that but, like, they're pouring money into D plus 20 seats. Uh, Biden's going to Maryland to campaign. Uh, you know, they put out that preemptive statement that, oh, Obama lost 63 seats in 2010. They were not expecting what happened last night to happen. So I I just want to know what their internals were saying, like were their internals as bullish on Republicans as Republicans internals were. Because if so, I, I just think that's kind of interesting that. I don't think anybody saw what happened last night coming. And I, I just think that that's really interesting because it, it was just such a weird, the way things unfolded, that the huge Florida win kind of uh, kind of like covered the rest of the GOP's asses for the next couple of hours of, oh, look how well things went in Florida. And then you look up in Pennsylvania and it's like, Jesus Christ, the fucking ogre is going to win. The fucking Senate seat, and it's just like, so yeah. My my deepest apologies to everybody in Pennsylvania. I will uh, not be making any guarantees for uh, uh, Herschel down in Georgia because I oh Jesus Christ.
0: Yeah, I mean that's that's a whole problem with Herschel Wall. If you carry six, seven, eight, nine seats, and you can kind of slip him in there. Great. You know, like if he wins, you know, it's like kind of like Fetterman. If you can get him in four other Senate seats and people aren't going to really pay that much attention to just how fucked up he is. When your entire Senate chances now come down to him and it's the only race in the country that the entire national media is now going to flood to Georgia and probably drop three more abortion stories on his head, I I don't know how you do it unless, you know, unless Brian Kemp just pulls him. A, unless Brian Kemp just goes on another campaign, you know, and they just like <laughs> arrest Trump the second his plane lands or some, sh- you know, I just don't see it happening. There's, there, it's such a perfect storm where, uh, you know, I guess if Masters that that is your other hope is that Masters is going to pull out against Kelly and that Laxell is going to is going to win in Nevada. One of those looks to be the case. I don't think there's enough left for Masters to pull it out. Um, I just uh, Georgia's a perfect shitstorm again, and that might that might actually be it. That if Trump goes down there and he starts slamming his hands, he starts doing, and that's my other thing is Herschel Walker can't say no to Trump. You know, if Trump says, "Hey, let me come campaign for you," Walker's gonna say yes. Even the people around him are gonna say yes because Donald Trump is my friend. You know we, that whole shit, and so for him, and then he starts going off and everything, and then boom, you lose Georgia and he costs you another Senate seat, that might be enough to just be like, we're done. Um, but he's already announced, and he's already out there spending money and stuff. It's it's a perfect shitstorm. And as I've said, that's why my question is to people, are, are we done with this? Are we done with apprentice-style politics? And is it time to just get fucking serious again? So
2: Yeah, I'll get off. I just want to say, um, I want Walker to win, but there's like a 5% in me that kind of wants Trump to take the seat just so that people get even more pissed off and I want to be done with him. I want Walker to win, but I, I am kind of hoping that Trump tanks it.
0: You're off the hook for Pennsylvania for now until until Giselle Fetterman is appointed uh, senator. Rob, uh, I'm going to probably go here about another 30 minutes, so I'm going to try to get everyone in. Uh, but I see a ton of you back there. Uh, I'll try to get
3: some newer people up as well. Oh good evening hey i um I always thought it was a bit to skip me since like three four columns ago for what it's worth no just, uh, it's a
0: new thing. I see your face up and I'm just now it's now it's just you have to just know it's gonna happen it's a thing now it's uh, it's yeah, part of it's part uh, of canon it's just what
3: now it's official i I already thought it was official a while ago, but now it's official official got it um well, the reason I'm on tonight guys is hands off my governor. Everyone's already. Oh, when DeSantis runs, it's no. Leave my governor alone, and y'all go find some other uh, candidate to take over Trump. All right, get your own governor. Who Who and would the, you recommend uh, that be? Uh, um, that's a great question. I my best guess would be like because uh, everyone always says DeSantis, uh, DeSantis and, and Scott should run together, and I was like, well, just take Scott just take Tim Scott and leave me, uh, leaving my governor. That's all I'm asking. But, uh, you know, uh, it really, I mean, who are they going to run on the other side? If, if they're, you know, I mean, is it going to be Biden? I, I guess now, since it wasn't a red wave, you know, now there's like this, well, you know, they had the knives out the day before just in case. And it's it's, not today. I haven't seen any like, Oh, Biden's got to go. It's it's interesting.
0: It's interesting in the sense of, he's out there bragging and it's not a red wave, but he still might lose both houses here. Yeah. And as I noted, they, they have a problem because I noted on the podcast today, they've been laying the groundwork to blame Republican majorities for what's going to happen to the economy here in the next few months. Well, you're not going to have that. You're not going to be able to blame the economy on one seat house majority on on either side. And so my attitude is, yeah, they're all they're They kind of are on a sugar high that they didn't get completely killed last night. You know, like, um, <laughs> I saw a great uh thing where they said you know th- th- it was a meme about uh, this election was a red wedding and uh in re- in in regards to Fetterman someone said the Lannisters send the retard <laughs> <laughs> and that's just one of those I just started cracking up I just started losing it um but I think it's a sugar high that's going to wear off when the economy crashes. And like today, Biden just malfunctioned again. And he just said, you know, Kirsten, and the press was still like on him. They're like, are you really going to run? Are you really? And he's like, watch me. <laughs> <laughs> and so give it a couple of weeks, give it a few weeks, and give it a few more gaffes. And I, I said to Noah Rothman today, yeah, it's fine now, but then in, in a week or two, he's going to lick a girl's face, and the economy's going to crash, and they're going to be right back to it. Um, so that's how I look at it. I'm I'm like, fine, clear the decks for him. He's going to be 83 years old. And if it well, so happens that they're counting on, and this is the thing, they're counting on Biden running against Trump again, which means all of their sights are on what happened in Florida. And that's why I told you the media is not going to just – go away here and just, uh, oh, democracy's fine, everyone. It's actually fine now. Um, go about your business. No, they, they I think, see that what happened in Florida energized, despite it being a pretty shitty night, energized a lot of people. It confirmed a lot of priors. And it was like, oh, shit. Um, and remember, we've already gotten several articles about how DeSantis is just a better Hitler than Trump. And true. so they want Trump. And you even see the Lincoln Project dudes cheering for Trump. That's who they want. So they're going to do this again. They're going to do the elevate him over the field, get him to say the craziest shit on as many magazines, networks as possible. You know Morning Joe will bring him back in. They will happily bring him back into the fold. And uh, they'll just get him talking about January 6th and and election rigging and all of this shit again. And this is not a tactic that can be you know, misunderestimated in the words of a former president. And so one thing I talked about, one thing that was funny as I, as I thought about is because of the governorships, it looks like Karen Bass is one in Los Angeles, unless that's a concession speech. I don't know. Um, but because there's now governors in Pennsylvania, Michigan, and Wisconsin, those are all three democratic holds now for governors. You have people saying that democracy has been saved for now. Oh, no, it looks like Rick Caruso's up. Uh, Democracy has been saved um, because you have governors who will certify for the actual winner, right? And I thought about this and I thought, what happens if Trump gets in the race, clears the field, gets the nomination, wins the presidency again fair and square? You remember we had that Martin Sheen celebrity video where they all said, you know, Faithless electors. We can all do that. You're you're all free to do that. You know, And you had Martin Sheen, you had Deborah Messing all crying in front of the camera saying, we're not asking you to elect Hillary Clinton. You can nominate anyone you want, just not him. And and then I thought we could be seeing a reverse steal here where Trump wins legitimately. And the governors of Pennsylvania, Michigan and Wisconsin all refuse to seat his electors because of what a threat he is to the Constitution. How fun will that be? Uh, It's just a theory, but um, yeah, I just, I I look at it and I'm just like, the media is not going to just go away on this. They're going to keep him front and center because one of their tactics that worked is they elevated supposed MAGA election denier candidates and every single one of those races, other than right now, Carrie Lake, they won. So they see this as a, they see this as a valuable election tactic and they're going to keep doing it. And they're going to, yeah, I, I,
3: I agree with that because uh, I think uh, one of the things that gets underestimated um, or underrated with uh, Trump's win in 2016 is he was up against Hillary, the most unpopular person on the planet. And speaking of like DeSantis uh, with the blow away win, I think there's a myriad of factors there, not to mention everyone that moved here. Um, I'm one of them. But, you know, uh, recently, who happens to be a conservative, but uh, Charlie Crist is – wildly unpopular, you know, <laughs> like, like, you know, changing party so many times, however, he left it the last time. Um and Overall, like Charlie, Chris name, and I'm in a pretty blue section of, uh, of this neck of the woods. Uh You know, they're like, you know, with Charlie. And my point is, is like just bad candidates all around. So every time, every time the, the GOP, I understand MAGA populace is here to stay and I get that. The problem is, is, it's tied to Trump and you know, the two online crowd, there's a lot of, I call them Twitter luminaries, basically people that are large accounts that are popular on Twitter, but they're not celebrities or anything. Um, and they're super MAGA. And even today it's like, well, don't wait, don't worry. You know, Trump, Trump 2024. I saw a lot of it today and even yesterday. And I'm just like, uh, you know, I was like, I don't I don't think you guys are picking up what everyone else is putting down. And another thing, too, uh, with attacking Trump, uh, if DeSantis does happen to run, but, you know, I hope he doesn't for selfish reasons. Um, he could always attack him on the fact that I guess Donald had this gazillion-dollar super PAC and he didn't put any money towards any of the candidates. You know, so, I mean, that's definitely a um, – yeah, I think that's something that uh somebody should definitely exploit when they're primarying him, you know. And I know that you have a big crowd, so I will uh I will drop off. Oh, uh real quick, MSNBC ran a uh thing today about running Fetterman for president. And uh I don't know if you saw that.
0: Which but, one?
3: Uh which uh show?
0: No, it's which of the which of the two Fettermans.
3: Oh, it's two Fetterman. Well they were talking about Mr. Fetterman, not Mrs. Fetterman, but uh God.
0: You know, maybe it was code. Man, that would be something.
3: It was a panel with Zachy on it. So whatever show that is, it's like <laughs> they're talking about John Fetterman. as a possible as a possible uh, presidential campaign. He's got charisma, and it's like uh, oh, that, my would um, that would be well, something. That would be something. You know, I'll, I, I, There's a clip of it on uh, Twitter. I'll, I'll, uh, you know, tag you in it. <laughs> All right, gang.
0: All right. Thanks, Jose. Uh, I'm anxious to hear Joe. I know Joe's in Pennsylvania, so go ahead.
4: Before I get into my point tonight, I just want to say, if Samuel is still in the audience, I do not forgive you for what happened last night to my state for the absolute mess that ensued. So you asked for forgiveness. I'm not giving it. Holy Fuck. What a terrible night last night was. Oh, man. Um, I know that Fetterman has been the main story with everything, but I'd like to focus my ire just for this first part on Doug Mastriano. So this bald-headed fuck managed to lose to Josh Shapiro, and in doing so... um, further elevated josh shapiro to be a future presidential candidate one day so that's great he's um he's 100 going to be a 2028 contender not 24. he -hmm. is going to throw his hat in the ring for 28. um and he also managed to flip the state house so the state house which has been controlled by republicans for the past 12 years is now controlled by democrats so really good bang up job there Doug Mastriano, very, very much appreciated, and the Pennsylvania GOP is making the Arizona GOP look incredibly competent by comparison. So, you think Ronna McDaniel needs to lose her job? I think the every single person that works for the PA GOP needs to just be raised to the ground. Um, just an
0: absolute massacre last night here. Um, as was as so was, was Michigan. Michigan flipped both houses and. Nurse Ratchet got another term. They're they're already hyping her up as a uh, 2024. Yeah, yeah, not not a not much good going around.
4: Um, Stephen, to your question, to your original question, am I off the the Trump circus? Um, yes, I was off it. Um, basically, when I voted for him in 2020, um, I left it blank. I left the option blank in 2016. I saw how everything went and I went into the voting booth and I held my nose and voted for him in 2020 because I saw who he was going up against. And I figured, you know what? Before COVID, we were doing okay, but, you know, he's he, he, Joe Biden, I know who he is, and we all see how that's turned out to be. And After he lost and after everything that happened in between and after January 6th, I have never been more ashamed of a vote. Um, And I didn't even vote for Evan McMullin. That's the only thing that would have probably made me feel an equal or greater amount of shame if I did that in 2016. Um, My whole approach with, um, and I know some of the previous callers alluded to this, my whole approach with 2024 and DeSantis is, you know what? I don't know the, the the Republican National Committee is not going to, you know, play coy with Trump and just, you know, not really take a side or anything. I think the only way that this is going to be resolved is just rip the Band-Aid off, bare knuckle brawl between the two of them. And you know what? If it ends up as a Pyrrhic victory for the Democrats, where they do end up winning in 2024, then. That's the price of doing business. But I think it just needs to basically be no holds barred, full on. If DeSantis does what Lee Zeldin did last night, which is basically sacrifice his political career for giving us a House of Congress or keep holding it. And if DeSantis' last gasp in politics is basically running so that Trump is like, not just exiled from public life, but basically shamed to the point of being a 100% pariah in the Republican Party and everywhere else, then it's worth it. I don't see any other way around it, but that's basically my only approach for it. We're not going to get cute. We're not going to get clever with it. You got to take them head on and you got to land the blows and you're going to take the blows. And it's going to be ugly, but I don't see any other way. Do you? Uh,
0: No, He, he has to be he has to be beaten by the political right that's it he his own his own power base and his own voters have to turn on him and choose somebody else that's literally he has to lose primary after primary after primary after primary after primary, after primary in resounding ways um for that to happen that's that's the only way it's going to happen or he dies of a heart attack those are your two choices and one of those most likely is not going to happen um. yeah, it, it, I really think it's that simple. I know people are looking for ways to you know, get him kicked out of the party or, you know, somebody joked, uh, just have the GOP, the, the new GOP house and set it, impeach him, <laughs> which I thought was funny. Just impeach him and bar him from office um, or just charge him. Just let January 6th just go, I don't know, go, go get him, you know. Um, but, no, it really is that simple that he has to just be defeated. And, I mean... It's going to be interesting if if both of those guys jump in, because I don't know who else does at that point. I think you could see a scenario where if DeSantis announces because we know what happened last time, Trump never won a majority of primary voters. He won a plurality, which is there were so many fucking people in the race that refused to drop out when they did that. And then you had Kasich just doing John Kasich things like oh, I
1: was just hanging around
0: Um that it split the vote in so many ways as opposed to doing what, you know, Jim Clyburn told Klobuchar and Buddha judge last election, which was basically you're going to drop out, you're going to endorse Biden. And that's going to, that's going to corner Bernie. And that's exactly what happened. And so you could see something where DeSantis jumps in and nobody else, they all just, they all just kind of, you know, it's like three o'clock high fight. They all just like back up, you know, and then you have, you know, DeSantis versus Buddy Ravel. Um, And you could see that where it's just one or two. And then maybe, maybe someone like Kirstie Nome jumps in to just raise their profile. Hi, I'm here. Um, or Tulsi Gabbard or somebody like that. Um, but you you could very well just see like, you know, Trump announces and he's running for two, three months and then probably March or April or June is when other candidates start to make moves. And then he jumps in and you just have a one on one match. And that would be interesting to me uh, on a debate stage or anything else. Uh, you don't want to see, you know, 15 candidates up there because they all think that they're going to be elected and because Joe Biden is you know, 87 years old and isn't probably going to run again, or you get Kamala Harris, um, you could see that. And that could be, that could be the kind of conspiracy Trump would be where, you know, you would have all these people who've talked about running Tom Cotton, Tim Scott, uh, Nikki Haley, uh, Kirstie Noem, uh Don Jr. Um, all of these candidates, whatever. And they just all go, Nope, Nope. It's you guys, you guys go. And they all kind of throw their weight behind somebody. Um, I I mean, the thing is, this is all hypothesis. We don't know what's going to happen. And that's, that's kind of what I caution people against. When you start hypothesizing, Santos might say, I don't want to fucking run. I like Florida. I like my kids here, whatever you guys, whatever you guys run the craziest guy you want for president. I'm going to stay here and take care of my state that could happen. And that, and that's why I caution people about just all throwing their eggs in because you don't know what's going to happen. And I'm old enough to remember 2014, when we knew Hillary was going to be the Democratic nominee, everybody knew it. It was the worst kept secret out there. And I was one of those goofballs who I'm like, well, we got Rand Paul over here and we got Ted Cruz and you got Marco Rubio and you got good options, like young guys. And I'm like, "A forty, a, what, a 40-year-old Marco Rubio running against Hillary Clinton? Yes, please, let's do that. Trump comes down the escalator and just takes a flamethrower to all of them. So I don't know. What's Mike Lindell polling at right now? And so that's, I always try to caution people. If you get so wrapped up in this, and this is why I always caution you not to treat politicians as your savior, because most of the time they're going to let you down one way or the other, either on policy or choices, or maybe they're just like, I'm not running, you, like whatever. And then you're stuck with Trump, and then a whole lot of you are going to have a big decision to make. I'll give you. Yeah, no, um,
4: I was just going to say that, like, I think that last night with what happened in Florida, I think had to happen that way for everybody to basically turn their attention towards DeSantis. Um, So I was watching Fox News uh, last night for their election coverage, and i got to admit, like, when the Florida results ticked in, I was starting to get pretty annoyed because they were just focusing on Florida and how— incredible DeSantis' victory was. And I was just thinking to myself, like, come on, guys, let's get on to the other races. Like, like, yeah, it's great, but let, let's see what happened there. But then after seeing what happened in the other races, you're like, oh, I actually appreciate how much time they spent on Florida, because I definitely think that was a bit of a sea change moment, because leading up to this, it was all just about, oh, DeSantis um, you know, has a high profile, he's He's engaged in these fights. He appears on Tucker a lot, which, by the way, side note, I'm very curious to see how Tucker, um, you know, would fall. Um, you know, like who he might be putting some of his his chips in with, because um that that could have you know some so, um, a, a bit of an effect. I would say, but um, but yeah, no, I think I think that last night had to happen in the way that it did with just the overwhelming decisive victory that he put up to cap it all off, which is just basically like, see, I did this. You guys know me. This is what I did. This is what I'm capable of. And, uh, yeah, I mean, maybe it's hopium on my part, but I think it, I, I think that it's, it's the definitive declarative statement that he needed to make. And he did make it. So we'll
0: see what happens. All right, Joe, good luck in, uh, Pennsylvania. Enjoy your new, uh, your new giant senator for a few couple of months weeks until you get his wife yeah well if he's running in
4: 2024 and biden is also considering running in 2024 i don't know who is going to actually be alive to make it so that's a fun coin flip
0: (laughs) i i need to see i i need to see the uh I need to see that MSNBC segment. I don't be- I mean, I guess I believe they're going to go there and like we-, we have to elect a stroke president. We have to elect a stroke victim president because you can't criticize him at all. It wouldn't shock me, but holy shit. I, I would, I need to see that. It'd be-, it'd be hilarious. So thanks, Joe. Yep. See you, soon. I'm going to bump John up over a couple. I'm going to try. You guys, I'm going to go until about 20 after, so I'm going to try to get to you guys, but go ahead, John. <clears throat> all right, Red Steves, I'll keep it quick. I know you said not to hypothesize about what candidates are going to do in 2024. Oh, you can. I, but, I can't. That's the thing. All right. I would like to hear your opinion on vice president running mates. So let's go Trump and DeSantis on the Republican side. And I guess uh, Biden and maybe fair to say Newsom on Democrat side, who you got for VPs. Well, I mean, if it's Biden, it's going to be Kamala. So, but if it's not Biden, you, you, I don't know how many people saw the story of Doug Emhoff, basically telling the democratic party, you have to throw your weight behind Kamala. And I don't know how that you avoid doing that. So I don't know how Biden avoids not endorse. Let's say Biden steps down. He said, I'm not going to run again. I'm full throat, I'm full on endorsing Kamala Harris. I will campaign with her and whatever. Um, so it'll be Kamala, even though the media will want the polite, affable white, cis male gay mayor, um, which could be a running mate. Um, Jim Clyburn has said, if it's not Biden, then it's Kamala. And that's the whole congressional black caucus to me. And that's all she wrote. So, she could still lose in a primary. That would be ultimate chaos where the entire party endorses her. The voters don't want her because they know that she's sitting at 36%. And so I don't know. Then the voters decide we want the affable white cis male gay mayor. Um, So I do think if there's a primary, if if it's an open election and Newsom is someone to watch just because he's someone the media loves and they think he's great. And I think he would lose 35 States, but who knows? Um, as far as far as running mates, I mean, I think you would probably see Trump pick one almost right off the bat and say, this is the ticket. This is what we're going to go with. I know a lot of people have floated Carrie Lake. And if, if she if she doesn't win Arizona, she could still be a running mate to Trump. If she wins, she's not. I don't think so. This election. But if she loses, I think you're going to see Trump try to do it like Ted Cruz did with Carly Fiorina, which was just announced and here's the ticket. You should elect us here. Um, why wait till the convention or, or whatever? Um, in which case Carrie Lake is a natural running mate for Trump. hundred percent natural. Um, I, I know people float Marjorie Taylor Greene, and I laugh at that. And I'm like, he he has some, he would fucking do just, he would do it. Um, I I mean, it's tough because you don't know the landscape. You don't know who's out there. Um, I don't know. I don't know who DeSantis would like is the whole thing. Nikki Haley would to me would be perfect choice, but she for some reason is saddled like the Jeb Bush neocon label. I never understood that Um, Nikki Haley is someone that I personally would like for a a presidential candidate, Um, but you just don't know. People talk about Tim Scott being a former, you know, VP on a ticket. I'm kind of like, you're pulling a guy from the Senate and you don't know who you're getting in return. Uh, It'd be probably be a conservative because of the state, but you don't know who it's going to be. There's Kim Reynolds is out there. Governor of Iowa. I think she just, I think she just watched. She's one of those those kind of under the radar kind of Mike Pence style picks. Um, I, I do think it wouldn't be another white man. If it's the ticket, I think you go out and you find someone Um, But I just that's one of those things where you just you have a running mate to me is both so inconsequential now because it used to be you pick one because of the state you you need to carry a state or whatever. And that rarely happens now um, in in the sense of, I mean, Donald Trump was going to carry Indiana with or without Mike Pence. And so unless it's a real just off the chart pick. You know, I mean, that was the thing with Bush when he picked Cheney. That was kind of a kind of off the reservation style pick. Um, but Bush needed that to shore up, you know, his foreign policy, which went great. Um, so I don't know. I I, I think Trump is someone who would look at probably a female ticket. He'd look at Kirstie Nome. Uh, I do believe Haley would maybe consider it. Um, you'd look at Kim Reynolds. You look I, I, I you have to throw Marjorie Taylor Greene in that mix as much as people don't want to hear it. Um, So I don't know. Running mates are weird because if you're DeSantis and you're 44, you're a Clinton-esque style candidate. You know, he's a young guy, he'll be 46. I mean, that's about as old as Obama was. And Obama chose like an old dinosaur and rescued his political career. So it just, it really depends on what, what you think you need. Do you need someone on foreign policy, which DeSantis would? Uh, he's he's pretty, you know, he's a guy who's been in Congress. He's been on Intel committees. So he's not totally, you know, not wet behind the ears on things like that. So maybe it's an older guy. I don't know. Or maybe it's someone his equal. Maybe it's a woman. I don't know. Is it someone you want to follow up after eight years of being on the ticket, which, you know, was always kind of the plan, I think, for Paul Ryan. So it depends. It's it's one of those things where it's it's significant, but it's also so meaningless. I think it's far more of an interesting talk on the left, because you're, if it's Biden and Kamala, it's Biden and Kamala. If Biden steps aside, then Kamala has to choose someone, and you know she's not someone to me who makes smart decisions. So I don't know who she chooses. So it's interesting. I don't see Gavin Newsom playing VP. Um, maybe Buttigieg. That might be the the ticket everyone tells you to go with, but. Um, it, it's again, it's one of those fun things to just bullshit about here on the podcast, but I, I don't know if I, I, I honestly couldn't give you an answer. Who do you, who do you see? Who are your picks? So, so I agree with you, you know, can you, uh, does Trump or, uh, DeSantis go target a Reynolds target a gnome? Well, it would be great to see if DeSantis leans on Pence. He's got the experience. He's got the establishment. It'll be a little dig right back at Trump. Uh, have that though, just, right? have Pence, so. just have Pence. Just have walk out with a noose around his neck uh, yeah, during I the mean, announcement. Just, just like loosened, just like loosened around his neck, and you know, hey, just waving and just ignore it. Don't even pay attention to it. <laughs> Um I do think Pence is gonna get in. I do think Pence is just gonna be one of those forgive and forget with Trump, and Trump's gonna of course humiliate the shit out of him and Pence will take it. Um but yeah, that's that's a good one. Yeah. Well, appreciate it. Best hands on Twitter. Talk to you soon. Thanks, John. Uh we talked to Matt last night. Matt, I apologize. Uh I'm gonna leapfrog you and uh I'm this is going to wrap it up, but kerfuffle, Ian. I know you guys are my regulars. Come back tomorrow night, please. Probably same bat time, same bat channel. I'll make sure you guys are up front, and Matt, I'll make sure you also are, are able to speak tomorrow night. But Scott, go ahead and wrap.
5: Hey, Stephen. Yep, go ahead. Hello. Um. Yeah, thinking about. Uh, the topic tonight is I, I was never a Trump guy and watching I don't know if I want to call this election a disaster it, it seems like there was a lot of expectations put on Republicans given the uh, just the manifest disaster that is the Biden presidency but to me I, I'm looking at some of this early stuff and it's in my mind, it's kind of the electoral going, we hate both parties. You both suck right now. I know that that's kind of like my first thought after what happened last night and watching the totals come in.
2: Uh, I think
0: last night was a repudiation of candidates specifically. It was, uh, other than Pennsylvania, which I just, again, I think was kind of a collusion of media in the Fetterman campaign, just putting it together against a bad candidate, also early voting after, you know, I mean, the thing is, is I don't know how you fix that. But I think from now on is debates must happen before early voting starts, period. I, I, I don't. You can't pass a law, but. Election commissions, I think, need to institute that where it's period. There is no early voting until at least one debate has happened. Um, But I I look at it and I say, I think last night was a predation of just pure candidates. A lot of just MAGA style candidates aren't very good. And I think people, I I do think people take to heart the, I don't, you know, January 6th is behind us, but I don't really want to fucking go through that shit again. And I think that that's also. Again, all of these candidates that were either Trump endorsed or whatever that lost. I do think that there's something to that. I do think that there's something to we're just fucking we're tired of this shit. And like you said, both parties suck. We're tired of both parties sucking. But this idea that you can be facing Joe Biden, who is as unpopular as Obama and Trump was at, at these terms, but still pulls out, you know, these kinds of not majorities, but just, you know, these votes—it's um, unheard of. He 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 beat the last four presidents as far as ex- expectations in midterms, and there's a reason for that, and that reason is GOP candidates in the in the style of candidates, and also Democrats propped up a lot of batshit crazy candidates, and it worked. And you have to admit that that worked, and GOP, they have to figure out a way to either counter that or stop that, and I don't know how you do it. But um, that's just basically what happened. So you have to look within the party structures. Candidates matter. And and I actually think candidates matter more than it is on issue to issue to issue to issue. People just some people are likable. Some people aren't. And that's the the Mastriano in Pennsylvania was not a likable guy. And that's all it comes down to. Um, and, And again, when you when it's DeSantis in Florida, it's policy. People like it down there um they like the policies of institute and then they see charlie Christ and just go this dude's a fucking frog get out of here and so i mean voters are weird that way and if anything i mean polling was somewhat accurate i mean polling was always the senate maybe a toss-up house plus a few seats and so for everything where people are talking about inaccurate polling this is the problem with having 50 fucking thousand polls if you listen to me and when i talk i don't really talk about polls because i just don't it's not that i don't believe them it's just there's so many of them where i have a few that i trust i have a few people i talk to uh and even uh, just in full discretion even they got some stuff wrong last night so i'm just kind of like it's almost calvin ball just go just go to the polls pokemon go to the polls and just vote and we'll see how it all shakes out on election day and that way you're none no one's none too appointed so I do think there are. Bright- Santos is a bright spot. I think Lee Zeldin is a bright spot. Um, what he was able to do in New York is crazy, and it's not going to get enough attention because people were expecting a huge red wave, that didn't happen. Ha ha, you know, ha ha to the GOP. But Lee Zeldin basically dragged six House seats across the line, five or six, and that's insane. <laughs> To, to the point to where uh, New, New York is basically a swing state now. So uh, it's not a swing state, but it's a purple state. I wouldn't say it's the state that can be gotten in twenty twenty four, but if it keeps going with what Hochul's doing, then I'd...
5: yeah, I, I if
0: Halco keeps up, know, what got if you know she's been in she's night. been in office now a year. Now she has a full term. And if she keeps up the shit, and then today New York City created the Office of Justice and Equity. So you know they're gonna keep up this
5: shit. So go No, it's okay. I, I um it's hard for me to gauge the like how things turned out naturally because I'm sitting here in Florida watching an extinction level event. Uh just it like was
0: Sherman's march to
4: the it sea. It was
5: they're basically saying that the
0: Democratic Party in Florida based on the races and they're looking at everything, is not going to recover for a decade. There's Mm -hmm. no way they can even pull even to make Florida a blue state in a decade. And Florida was supposedly a swing state.
5: Yep. There's now super majorities in the Florida House and Florida Senate. Um, I wasn't able to confirm this, but somebody mentioned that, this is the first time there have been no Democrats in public office in Florida since Reconstruction. And I don't I don't know how true that is, but that's an unbelievable stat if it is. Um, oh, I, I will say a funny part of growing up in Pennsylvania, it, it's just, I'm looking at the Spetterman race and going, this is really the most Pennsylvania thing that they could have done. When it comes to They also politics. elected a dead guy,
0: so there's that.
5: They elected a brain dead guy and an actual dead guy. Yeah, I, I, somebody had mentioned on Twitter, they go, "The age of man is over. The time of the Pennsylvania orc has begun," <laughs> yeah. and I just laughed at that.
0: Yeah, yeah. I mean, that's that's the thing that like I took so much shit for just making fun of Fetterman. It's it's kind of funny how just because the political left is so wrapped up and they can't make jokes, you can't make jokes about, you know, minorities. You can't make jokes about handicapped people. You can't make jokes about uh, stroke patients because that's offensive. And I'm just kind of sitting over here like, I cannot wait till they roll this dude into the Senate on a two-wheeler. And he, you know, someone made a great comment today where he said, and he's trying to debate a bill and he just suddenly shouts out, New Jersey! For no reason. (laughs) And you just get like, Every senator looking at him and I'm kind of like, are you kidding? This is yeah, it would have been nice for him to not win just because of the message it sends. But on the other hand, oh, boy, get ready for the memes uh, and the sound bites, And that's kind of what I'm in it for.
5: I'm going to lose my mind if they squeak out like a 51-49 Democratic Senate and they go to abolish the filibuster. And he's like, do you abolish? No, I mean, and it's just <laughs> yeah. going to be just amazing yeah it really is
0: and i mean that to me is why i don't think he can serve they're they're gonna try it they're gonna they're gonna gonna try to make accommodations ultimately he's gonna have too many of those moments they're gonna try to not have them on camera but there is a camera in the senate so he's gonna have to get up and speak you know he's gonna have to do things senators do he's not gonna be like robocop 2 where they send in a giant mandroid and then a tv screen appears and he's sitting in his fucking thing like he's you know, crane the conqueror from Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles here. <laughs> and so they have, he's got to have an office and you know, he's going to lumber down the hall in his, you know, his one tie. And like, can this dude even dress himself? Like what does a stroke do? Um, and so to me, it's kind of weird that he's always in just shorts and a pullover, because that seems like the easiest thing for someone to put on his body for him. But Um, he's going to have an office. Is his wife going to be hired in the office? Are they going to have monitors and all of these things that he needs just to have a conversation? Are they going to do that in the Senate? Are they going to, is he going to walk around with an iPad around his neck and you just sign? Um, and and these are all things that I just, I find dark humor in like we're going to, this is going to be something we've never witnessed before strictly because, one they had to drag this big dumb oaf's head across the line both of them and now it's what do we do now okay how do we make this work i think a few months in it's going to be it's not working we're clearly not going to see an improvement as neurologists have spoken um i said the thing with that campaign is he he couldn't he should not have won in the sense of this this was a deceptive campaign he didn't release his medical records but on the other hand, voters chose. so I'm like, oh, that's what you chose. Okay. I don't have to go along with it. I don't have to sit here and you know be polite to him because I'm not allowed to make fun of politicians or senators or anything like that. Um, I'm rearing to go. I, I saw I, I want to see him just like just lose it on swearing in day and just kill everyone in the room. Uh, that's kind of where I'm at. I'll give you the last word uh,
5: That would be tragic and maybe somewhat funny. Um I will say the one really bright spot and I'm I'm of the opinion that DeSantis is hundred percent going to run in twenty twenty four. Um whether he wins or not, I don't know. But I I just looking at the numbers that he put up, um the victory speech that he gave in Miami last night, I watched it, and the crowd just starts chanting two more years. Even the crowds. Like, like, get out of here. Yeah. Like we we know where you're going, so we're gonna catapult you up there. It's gonna be interesting to
0: watch. Uh, again, I I don't I don't know of any I don't have any inside information, whatever. Um, when you see what happened last night and you see the response, I, I kind of just sit here and say, I don't know how he doesn't at this point unless he's just like I love Florida I'm retired I'm just going to stay here Uh, in which case everyone better gird their loins so thanks Scott no problem thanks Uh, there that I had to uh, boot but I will get you guys on uh, tomorrow I do plan on being here tomorrow because again uh, this is just one of those weeks this is one of those weeks you've talked about for months months and months and months and months and months and now it's here now it's over And we can all release that tension and go have drinks or whatever. Uh, But I know a lot of people have a lot to say about it. So I will try to make sure that I can get everyone in as possible this week. And then next week, we can start the road to 2024 because that looks like exactly what it's going to happen. Again, it's been episode 60 of Fallout. As I always try to remind people, don't despair. Don't let them see you sweat. Don't let them see you hurt. Try to enjoy the warmth from the flames a little bit. Thanks to my callers. Thanks to my audience again. Uh, thanks to you guys just for tuning in and listening even for a little bit. Uh, you've helped keep this uh, little experiment, this little show up towards the top of this app. And uh, it's always great to see when I come in and I'm like, okay, this is fun. This is worth it. So, again, uh, all thanks to you guys. I'll be back uh, with the podcast tomorrow. I'll also be on uh, 850, uh, 850 KOA Radio. You can find that on uh, iHeartRadio for uh, a, a couple of segments tomorrow at 1 p.m. Eastern. And so feel free to check that out. And then I do plan on, uh, I also will uh, be on, I think, The King of Stuff, John Gabriel's podcast to talk about some of this stuff tomorrow as well. And then uh, another call-in tomorrow night podcast on Friday. And then we'll see. Uh, But I also planned on being uh, on call-in on Friday. So, again, if I couldn't get you in, join the queue tomorrow night. I'll make sure to bump you guys up. And uh, if not, I may even host an earlier one Saturday. So, again, thanks, everyone. Um, We still have a bunch of races out there, so it's still interesting to see. We still have the Senate races plus the Arizona governorship. So it's certainly not over, uh, but hopefully for uh, one particular.